Well, hey there. Today, we're going to be talking about the core, and we're going to go a little bit more in depth about traditional core work and crunches, bicycle crunches, V-ups, planks, all the things, all things that are really great, but if you have a very weak core, you're recently postpartum, or you have diastasis recti, it can cause you issues. And the reason this episode was born, like many of the episodes I do, is from interactions with you, with people on social media, on my Deliciously Fit and Healthy handle, on my Make It Simple podcast handle, just questions or comments, or in dealing with clients and some of the questions and comments they have. And I realized you may be like me, where you want to know the why behind being told something. I'm someone where... If you told me to stop at a stoplight and you never told me why, I'd be like, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. But if someone, when they're teaching me, explains, you stop at a stoplight because then the car's on the opposite side. It's their turn to go. And if you went and they went, you'd get hit by a car. Then it makes sense to me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll stop every time. I have to know the why. My husband's very different. If you told him to stop at a stoplight and he didn't know the background, he would do it. But me, I have to know why, why, why. But it also helps things become more meaningful. So today I want to talk about crunches and traditional ab work and having diastes and being recently postpartum or just a weak core and why those things can cause you problems. I posted a post this week where I showed a modification for bicycle crunches, and I got a lot of questions on it with people kind of not understanding. Now, the exercise I showed worked very similar muscles, but it just didn't create some of the pressure down the center of the core line, which if you have DR, that could be beneficial, but you could still work those same muscles. Then I got an email from someone who just recently bought my diastasis recti guide, and she was asking a couple questions, and one of the things that she pointed out was that she's had a lower stomach that she hasn't been able to get rid of for a while, and through listening to the podcast, if she's listening, thank you for the email. I'm glad you're listening. But she was listening to the podcast and she realized, oh my gosh, I have diastasis recti. And she self-checked and she realized it. And she said, you know, I love doing sit-ups and V-ups and toes to bar and all these things. And I can do them and I love doing them. But I notice I have coning and I'm just feeling a little confused because I've had this lower belly. So after some of the questions on that post and that, I realized I need to explain the background of why these things could be causing irritation and what is going on and that it's not about never being able to do traditional ab work again or never being able to do crunches. It's about being able to do them effectively and efficiently. And I'm going to break this down so clearly that you're going to understand why you hear people say, don't do crunches when you have diastes. It's it's actually, there's no like rules. That's the other thing. There's no rules of like, this is the no list, this is the yes list. There's things that can irritate it if your core is weak, but it's what you can do effectively. So one person, there may be something on a list where someone would say, oh, I can't do that with DR, but someone else could say, well, I totally can. Well, then there's no reason for them to avoid it. So there's no like yes or no list. It's more what can you do correctly and what that actually means, which is what we are going to talk about today. 
Today, I want to give a shout out to Strong Mom of Two, my favorite podcast. Andrea is my favorite podcaster by far. Her advice on exercise, nutrition, and health is genuine and easy to understand. She offers great information about working out and the physical components of wellness, but that's not all. She addresses real-life struggles and relates to emotional and mental health, too. As a mom of two young girls, I can definitely relate to so much of what she says, and it's really helped me postpartum. Thank you, Andrea. No, thank you, Strong Mom of Two, for the review. And if you love the podcast or it's helped you, or even if you want to give me any feedback, I'm open for all the things. And don't forget to subscribe and follow the show because then every episode is downloaded directly to your phone. So you don't miss any episodes and you can stay up to date on simple ways to improve your health and fitness. And before we get into today's episode, I do want to tell you about a new product that I am loving. I've been working on my app that is coming out. We are building an app from scratch, so I'm not using a platform. I've been super picky about it. I've been working on the app, and I've been working on a lot of the workouts for it and the strength programs, and I've been testing them, and I've been super sore as I'm testing the workouts that I've built for my own app that's going to be coming out within a couple months. And I'm super happy that I have MySoul CBD's Rapid Relief Cream. It has 15 milligrams of CBD in it, and it is like a cooling cream that you can put on achy joints, sore muscles. I've just really, really enjoyed it. I remember one time, even a couple weeks ago, my back just felt like tight and tense, and I put it on that night, and it felt so much better in the morning. You already know I am a massive believer in their bedtime besties, their sleep gummies. I have mentioned multiple times that I struggle going to sleep at night. My mind races because for some reason, I feel like at night is when I get my best ideas and I'm like, go to sleep brain. It's sleep time, sleep time. (laughs) And then in the middle of the day, I can't think of anything. So anyway, the gummies are amazing too. You can get their rapid relief cream or you can get their bedtime bestie gummies, both of which I'm a huge fan of. Also, their product is a CBD, but it is triple lab tested, so there is no THC in it as well, and it is USA grown. Just go to mysoulcbd.com and use the code SIMPLE for 15% off all of their products. Again, it's mysoulcbd.com, code SIMPLE for 15% off every product they have. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated, and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. So first, I want to say that crunches and traditional ab work, bicycle crunches, V-ups, hollow holds, any of those things, it's not bad at all. We love to label things as good and bad. And when someone has diastes or a weak core, we're like, that's bad. Don't do that. They're not bad at all. It's an issue of being able to do them correctly. And while you're training your core to do something correctly, you don't want to do something you can do incorrectly. And that's why this matters. So as you're improving your core, some of those exercises might be causing you problems, which is what we are going to get in today. Now, as I said, they're not bad for you. A lot of times I will get emails like the one I got where she said, you know, I like doing all these exercises and I can do them. I can do them just fine. So what's the big deal? 
And the comparison I would like to draw for you in understanding that it's not about something being bad or good, but doing it effectively is if I was training someone in person and they said, yeah, I do squats. I do squats in almost all of my workouts. I do squats on a weekly basis. I'm always doing squats and I'm still struggling to build my glutes or my hamstrings or my quads, whatever it is, my legs. When someone says, I can do crunches and stuff, they're saying, I can do all those things, but I'm still struggling to flatten out my stomach from my DR. Well, that person who was doing squats, I would say to them, can I see your squat? Can I see what it looks like? And oftentimes, when we are not seeing changes in a muscle or we are not able to load the muscle and increase the weights, it's because we could be doing it ineffectively. So I might see that client and I see their squat and I'm like, well... The reason you're not building your legs and your glutes is because you're actually folding forward when you squat instead of sitting back. Or maybe your back is actually rounding out a little bit. You might be pushing through your toes instead of your heels to fire your glutes from the bottom of the squat. You could have very tight calves. And if you have tight calves, you're not going to be able to sit back into that squat as much, which means you're going to try to overpower and compensate with your back. So while they may be doing a squat in all of their workouts, it doesn't mean that they're doing it effectively and efficiently to reach their goal of building their legs and glutes. That is sometimes what is happening with traditional core work. You may be able to do it, But if I was there in person or someone else who was certified and understands diastasis recti, they may say, I can see you're actually not engaging your core correctly. And one of the major signs that you are not is when you see that ridge down the core line. Some people call it coning. It's also been called doming. I imagine it like a baguette down the center of the ridge line. It can be very small or it can be wide because that's going to depend on the depth and the width of the space down the center of your core. But that's a clear indication that they're not being done correctly. So it's not an issue of even being able to do the movement. You can do a very hard movement and you can still do it inefficiently and that coning is a clear indicator that the muscle is not engaging correctly because the inner core is not activating correctly because it's weakened from the linea alba, which we're going to get into, but from a stretching or weakening of the core. So please know, as we talk about this, it's not that things are necessarily bad for you. It's that you may not be doing them efficiently. So a lot of times I will tell people, as you're working on your diastes, you know, please cut out some of these movements where you might see coning. And in their minds, they're thinking, it's not that big a deal because I'm doing your healing exercises. I'm doing the things that are working on my stomach and I'm just doing these sometimes. But it's actually very counterintuitive because you're trying to do something to fix it, but then you're doing something at the same time, which is causing issues because it's irritating it because it's not engaging correctly. So as we get into this, let's do this in order. Let's break down the muscles. Let's break down what's happening so you can see what's happening when you are having that coning and why this matters so much. And I will add, for those of you who are visual learners, I will add some diagrams on the podcast page, Make It Simple podcast on Instagram so you can see some of the things I'm going to talk about next. And I will also add some videos on coning and stuff so you can visually see what that looks like there as well. You have multiple ab muscles. You have the transverse abs 
abs, which the transverse abs is the innermost layer of your core. When people say deep core or inner core, it is the very, very inside of your core. It is a big fat muscle that wraps all the way from your spine all the way around the front of your stomach to the other side of your spine. It is why they call it your inner corset because it literally wraps all the way around your body and that is your deep core. Then you have internal obliques, external obliques, and your rectus abdominis, which is your six-pack, and some other muscles, but we're going to stick with those main big ab muscles even though you have the multifida and some other things going on. But those are the main ones. When you are doing core work, or let's just call it a crunch, but it could be any traditional core work, and you're seeing coning, what is happening is that innermost layer of your core, those transverse abs, are not engaging correctly. They are not doing its job. And then the linea alba is stretched and weakened, which I'm going to talk about the linea alba as well in this episode. You have the surface muscles, which are the six-pack muscles trying to do the job alone. And the problem is when the inner core is not doing its job, it makes it basically impossible for the external muscles to do the job alone. And the core continues to push out because of that intra-abdominal pressure. So we develop that lower belly. And when we're doing these movements, we just continue to push on that stomach, pushing it out, 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 when really we want the core to draw in. It's supposed to wrap in to brace itself. And because of the pressure, incorrect breathing patterns, posture, and that weakened core, it's doing the opposite of what we want and actually making it worse. Your core's job is to literally brace the spine and the pelvis. Like it is to kind of keep us stable. Obviously, when limbs move away, when things are happening, when we're twisting, when we're bending, when we're doing all these things, the core's job is really, you know, you say core issues, we've talked about that. It is really the base of just protecting the body. The core does that. All of those muscles together really brace and protect the body. When you hear people saying brace the core, what they're saying is hold the spine and pelvis still. When someone is unable to brace the core, so when they're unable to connect the inner core to brace it, then they're not using their interabdominal muscles, the inner ab muscles, and that is what is creating that uncontrolled pressure. Now, pressure has to go somewhere. So imagine your stomach like a canister. We talked about this a little bit in episode 117 where I talked about the pelvic floor. So you want to imagine it as a canister. The top is your diaphragm, the middle are your ab muscles, the bottom is your pelvic floor. If you're having uncontrolled pressure in there, the pressure has to go somewhere. So during movements, sometimes if we're lifting weights, if we're loading, if we're picking up a kid, if we're trying to do an ab exercise and we're not doing it correctly or we're twisting awkwardly, there is going to be pressure. And that pressure is either going to go down, which is going to push on our pelvic floor and it's going to create more leakage. Or if it's always pushing down, it can cause problems with prolapse. That pressure can also go out to the front of the core. So to the core line, to the very front of your abs. When that pressure pushes out that direction, it can cause diastes, it can cause hernias, and it can cause problems for us being able to improve our core because it's pushing out. And when it's pushing out, that is creating that coning, that doming, because we're not controlling that intra-abdominal pressure. Real fast, an easy tip for you to realize, like, oh my gosh, am I controlling my intra-abdominal pressure, is a balloon test, which is pretty simple. You just want to lay on your back, bend your knees, relax. You're going to get a balloon. You're going to inhale through your nose, and you're going to exhale into the balloon. If your core draws in when you exhale, then you're probably regulating your internal pressure really, really well, and that's 
probably a great sign that you have a good inner core connection. If when you blow into the balloon, you see any bulge up, especially if the lower stomach bulges up, that can be a sign that you're putting downward pressure on your pelvic floor. But any bulge up, that is an indicator that you're not actually regulating your pressure and using your inner core during that move because you're loading your inner core to breathe to blow up that balloon and the pressure is going out or down on the pelvic floor instead of wrapping in to use your transverse abs. So that's a really simple way for you to check yourself and see if you're doing it correctly. That's kind of a side note, but what's happening is the pressure. That's the key thing, and then you can check yourself for that pressure. Let's talk about that pressure pushing out on the stomach, because that's what we're talking about today if you have diastes and you're coning and that part of the pressure. So the pressure is pushing out on the core. If you have diastes, you're recently postpartum, or you just have a really weak core, it's going to cause problems because that core is not going to be able to manage that pressure. The reason why it can't manage that pressure very well is because when you have diastasis recti, the issue is the linea alba, which runs down the exact center of the core line. It's between the right ab and the left ab. So basically when you see the six pack, there's a line down the center. That line is stretched and thinned and weakened. This is totally normal when you're pregnant. You have to make room for the baby and your body, obviously the hormones change, you get looser ligaments and joints and everything. So we can stretch for that baby. And so having that separation is normal, but when it sticks around past around 10 weeks postpartum is, you know, give or take, that's when we start to label it as diastes. Now, this is also why it's really important for you to ease back into exercise gently and not just jump back into planks and crunches just because you've been doctor approved because you can actually make yourself develop DR if you're doing those movements with a weak core and you're only... I don't know, four to eight weeks postpartum, and you're doing these movements that your core is not ready for, you can develop that. I say that because I did it myself. I made that mistake myself after the twins. I was like, great, I had the baby. I'm doctor approved. Let me start with planks. And I totally did it wrong. I didn't ease in. So please be aware of that. If you are recently postpartum, if you know someone who is pregnant, if you know someone who is recently postpartum, send them this episode, make sure that they understand that they need to start gently with their breathing and some of those things, which we're going to talk about at the end, but that this really matters for them to really have their core close up because traditionally the core normally does close afterwards, but it doesn't for everybody. And that's when it becomes DR. Now, what happens when we do have diastasis is when we go to do a crunch, the ab muscles should connect together. The right ab and the left ab should come together. The transverse ab should draw in. And when we crunch up, everything should stay nice and flat and be nice and tight. When you have that space, you're not using your inner core muscles to wrap in. You have the intra-abdominal pressure. What happens is the right and left ab muscles push out which is making that coning, that ridge down the center of your stomach. Because the abdominal wall, remember that linea alba is thinned and stretched. And not only is that happening, but you're having a weak inner core and the combination of it all is pushing it out. If you are seeing any type of coning or doming, then what you are doing is actually very counterproductive to your goals of trying to flatten out your stomach from diastasis recti. So if you're on my Instagram account and you're doing exercises that are for diastasis recti or there's 
other people like me online who do share them or a pelvic floor specialist, and you're doing these great exercises which are helping you stabilize the core, which is teaching you to work the transverse abs and to use your breathing and your pelvic floor, and you're doing a couple of these a day, but then you're turning around and you're going to your workout, which let's say includes toes to bar, or you're in a class where you're doing tons of burpees and you're totally unaware of your stomach, and in these movements you're having coning, coning, coning over and over and over again, you're sitting on a fence and you're not going to see the improvement you want because you're doing one thing to try to help the core get stronger, but at the very same time, you're doing something else that is fully irritating the issue when it is not strong enough to do it effectively yet. So I want you to think about your own stomach and your own core if you have a weak core, if you have issues with that, and think about your workouts. Are you trying to work on your inner core and trying to improve it, but at the same time your workouts are including all sorts of movements that cause you to cone or you're not sure if it's engaging correctly or you're just feeling a ton of lower back pain because you don't think the core is engaging correctly? Because if that's the case, you're literally straddling that fence. And it's no different than having a wound where you keep picking at the scab constantly and then you're wondering why it's not healing. You're continuing to do things which are irritating the weakened core while you're trying to heal it and then you're wondering why it's not improving because you keep picking at that scab. You keep doing the movements that are causing problems too early before you're able to do them effectively. So remember that, that it is counterproductive. So that is why... You see people say, you know, don't do crunches yet or be aware of planks or all of those things. It's not because they're bad. It's because if you're not doing effectively, you're picking at that wound and it's not going to heal and that's going to make the difference. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, okay, okay, I get it. I get why it's causing me problems. It's because the inner core is not working, which is causing pressure, which is making the stomach push out and I don't know how to stop it and I just want my core to get better. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a couple of quick tips so that you know, and then you can realize it's not about never doing it again. It's about doing it efficiently. I know I've said that 10 times, but it's the most common question I get asked from people. So I might just beat it into your 10 more times if I have to, but you're going to start with breathing. The simple way to try to improve your core is to start with 360 breathing. Before you do anything else, people's breathing patterns are way off. 360 breathing is simply inhaling with your ribs, belly, and back. It's not chest breathing. Chest breathing is very shallow. That's where just your chest rises. You can lay on your back and just think about inhaling deeply with your diaphragm, allowing the diaphragm to fill up. That excess air flows into your lower back. It flows into your belly, and it just really helps you breathe a little bit better, and that's going to help your breathing patterns. You can also try that 360 breathing laying on your side. That can help you make sure you're really getting expansion into your core. So one quick tip for doing that is when you're laying on your side, you can put your hands on your ribs, so your pointer finger and middle finger on your ribs, your pinky can be a little bit below the ribs, and your thumb is on your back. So as you inhale, you should feel an expansion of your ribs, even down into your pinkies, and then even through your back, because that's getting a nice inhalation into your diaphragm, and it's not just chest breathing. If you're seeing your shoulders rise, then you're just shallowly breathing, and that's not going to be effective. And then you're going to take the same breathing pattern of just using your diaphragm, filling your ribs, your back, your stomach, everything with air, and you're going to connect that to your TVA or TA, that's just short for transverse abs. That's your innermost layer of core muscles to really learn to brace the core, and that combination is going to be the first step for improving the core. 
I will say, I do teach all of this in the diastasis recti guide. We do go over breathing. We do go over the challenges and we do go over some of this other stuff, but I also have it in different spots on my social media. It's just organized in the DR guide to go in order. The second piece of that is, as I said, you connect the breathing with the transverse abs. I do have a free core breathing, which explains that piece of the process, that fundamental piece. And I will also add that in the show notes along with the DR guide. And that's totally free where you're going to connect the breathing with the transverse abs. And then we're going to connect that to movements. So from there, you're going to add challenge. With movements, you're going to do things where you're challenging your inner core, but you're going to be stabilizing it while you're still moving limbs away, while you're front loading in different variations before your limbs are fully extended. You're going to add resistance with bands or any pulling or pushing motions, and then you can add twisting motions. From there, you'll slowly go back into planks where you're front loading. You might start with your knees bent and really think about front loading, add maybe some resistance with the ball, and then try things where you're slowly moving one leg out at a time, and then you ease back into a plank. Simple things like that where you're easing in slowly. And as your inner core gets stronger, that's when you ease back into some of those traditional movements. That is when your inner core is able to not only do the movement, but do it effectively because it makes it so much easier for you to do leg walks and flutter kicks and crunches and planks because you are actually connecting correctly. And when your inner core is connecting correctly, you won't have as many issues with your back arching. You won't have as much back pain. You won't have issues with the core pushing out, and you're actually going to see and feel the changes from doing ab work, whether it's stabilization work or whether you are adding in some traditional movements. But the key to all of this is being able to challenge yourself without seeing and trying to prevent that interabdominal pressure, which is causing the coning along the way. So a couple quick tips for avoiding that is if you are trying to work into planks and seeing if you can do a plank correctly, put your phone below you and film your core and see what it is doing. See if you are seeing a push out of the center of the stomach. You can also set up your phone just in front of you if you're doing something where you're upright in the front position or in the sagittal position, or if you're twisting to the sides, see what your core is doing. See if you see any push forward. This can be effective even if you're doing pull-ups. When I very first had Easton, for a while, the pull-ups was honestly the last thing I could add back in because for a while, I still had a little push forward of the core, a little pressure going forward when I was doing a pull-up. So first I filmed myself and then I got to the point where I couldn't see it anymore. So I did have my husband place his hand right on my stomach where I had space and feel for any push out at all. So if you have a partner or a kid that is responsible enough Have them place their hand on your stomach where you have the space, the gap, and see if they feel any push out of the stomach. Because if they're feeling any of that push out, it's that intra-abdominal pressure pushing out. And that means that you just need to work on the core a little bit more. Now, as you're working on the core, you also have to change up the exercises. So if you're doing the same six exercises you found on Instagram, it's time to probably challenge. You might need to add weights or resistance bands or balls or twisting motions or different things and just be aware of your core during those movements. It really is about progressively challenging the inner core and then adding layers. The last thing I do want to point out is you can have a functional 
diastasis recti. What that means is you may still have a gap. You may still have some depth or some width in your right ab and left ab, but you are able to connect the core properly during movements. If you are able to do it effectively, it doesn't matter about the space. It's about doing it correctly so you can ease back into some of those exercises. I still have a little over a two-finger gap, but I am able to make the right ab and the left ab connect correctly because of my breathing patterns and because I'm using my inner core, those transverse abs, so I can go into planks. I can go into crunches. I can do those things again because it is doing it correctly. So that is one other thing that can kind of be confusing for people is they can think, oh, well, I haven't totally closed this space, so I can't do those again. No. Can you do them correctly, even if you have the space, because some people, that space may never fully close and that's okay, but it's about making your body more functional to do those movements. So just recognize that you may not fully close your DR, even if you're working on it, but you should be able to make the inner core stronger so that you can add in some of those movements again. I know diastasis recti can be super discouraging. And I know even right after you have a baby, having a weak core can be hard on your body. But the entire reason I did this episode is because I wanted you to realize why some things might need to be avoided at first, even if you think you can do them, until you can do them more efficiently. And it doesn't mean that they're kicked out forever. It's about doing it correctly. And as you work on your breathing as you lay the foundation for connecting your transverse abdominals to your breathing, which I have that free breathing guide you can download. It's totally free. It's three videos to kind of help teach that. And then as you work on challenging your core from the inside, making sure that your abs are drawing together, that they're wrapping in rather than pushing out, it's going to make a lot less back pain, a lot less hip pain. It's going to stop that pressure from pushing down on the pelvic floor, which is causing leakage and prolapse. It's going to stop that pressure from pushing out, which is making your DR worse, which is making hernias and all kinds of things. And it's going to allow you to see changes in your core as well. But please know that this does take time. It does take time to see those changes, but the more consistent you are, the better it will be. And I will definitely add some resources in the show notes for you. And also I will add some diagrams of the muscles I'm talking about in my podcast page, make.it.simple to kind of help you have some visuals if you're someone who visually likes to see what muscles I'm talking about and some of those things so you can see what that actually even looks like. I'm here for you. I want you to know that seeing changes in your core is possible. And it's not always about running or food or anything else, but simply using the muscles correctly to help them connect better during movements and just simply in supporting your body. All right, that's it for today. As always, you are doing so much better than you think you are. And I truly mean that. We'll chat next week.